0: Welcome to episode number 323 of the Inside Running Podcast, thank you for joining us for another week, big show coming at you, we've got some patrons to thank, we've got some running news, we've got listener questions, um, we'll be previewing or maybe like teasing a bit of what's coming up on Road to Osaka, yeah, everything's going to be happening for probably the next 70, 80 minutes for your weekly episode. Welcome my co host is up in Canberra, Bradley Croker, how are you this week?
1: Pretty good, Brady, and yourself?
0: I'm very good, thank you, Bradley. Cannot complain. And um, yeah, looking forward to this episode. I didn't say it at the end of last week's episode, but we're actually without Moose. He's off the road to Osaka with Rachel and Rhys Edwards. So we've got a a very special guest this week, Bradley, who I'm about to introduce. She's a 226 marathoner, Olympian. She was a winner of a 10K race over the weekend, the queen of the Surf Coast Track Club, and the most popular... um, Popular athlete, Australian runner, going by our two thousand and twenty three survey croaks, Ellie Pashley. Welcome to the Inside Running Podcast. Oh,
2: thanks. That might have been a bit biased. I think the survey probably. I'm um, the female they hear hear from the most, more than anything else.
1: Maybe. Don't sell yourself short, Ellie. <laughs> Thanks for
0: giving us some time though, Ali. I did ask you at a cool down on um, Saturday night if you were available Monday night. And um, yes, you did accept and then did make a comment croaks that we only ask her when we can't get other people.
1: Oh, no, that's <laughs> not true at all. Exactly what I said. I, uh, I do have a I'm question for Ellie there. though. I, uh, I believe the last episode you recorded with uh, Moose and Sinead, you were uh, doing a Rubik's Cube. I'm wondering what puzzle you're doing today. Is it a Sudoku or a crossword? What are you, what's on the table?
2: No, no puzzles. I probably should do a bit more of that stuff because I don't know that my brain really works anymore since having a baby. But um, yeah, no, just,
1: just the Rubik.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll, mute, I'll mute my uh, microphone when I get going on it a bit later. <laughs> How
0: have you been there, Ali? Like a lot of listeners wouldn't have heard from you. Um, I guess the Patreon supporters do with the monthly episodes with you, Sinead and Moose. But yeah, give us a bit of a recap of what's been happening in the last month.
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, marathon training for the last month, almost now. Um, so it's been going well. We, I was coming back from an injury, so we had to be a little cautious for a couple of months there. But then, yeah, the last month, we've sort of ramped it back up to normal training load and, and po- probably a little harder than normal training load, really. Um, just trying to get ready for a soccer marathon, which is in about seven weeks, I think now. So yeah that's pretty much all I've been doing. I had a pretty quiet festive season, just living the monk life. Um, yeah, but it's been good. I've been enjoying it. We've got a really good crew uh, down here doing Osaka, so it's been nice to have some training partners and definitely more enjoyable doing big you know 36k workouts when you've got other people doing the same thing with you. so
0: I've been yeah. lucky. And Osaka's locked in. like I know there was talk about Osaka and Nagoya saying what you could get into, but you're fully committed to that.
2: Yeah, yeah, Osaka's locked in. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with that. I just, yeah, Nagoya would have been really good as well, but I was just worried about getting stuck solo being a women's only race. Like sometimes once the once the pack's split, it's, yeah, fairly sort of spread out along the road. So I'm, I'm happy with the decision to do Osaka. I feel, yeah, I feel good about that. And it, like I said, having the guys to train with who are doing the same race, same day, it makes it, yeah, makes it. Um, I think, ideal for everyone.
1: And Ellie, what was your reaction after Valencia? And, like, as a result of the Valencia race, are you feeling a bit more pressure going into the Osaka race?
2: Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, it's a huge amount of pressure, really. And I think after Valencia, like, my initial feelings were probably, like, I felt a little defeated almost. I think just they just ran – the girls ran so fast – which I knew they were going to run fast, but I think that was maybe, you know, a minute or so quicker. And I just sort of, yeah, I had to like um, sort of change my mindset, I guess, to (laughs) planning on trying to run a lot faster than I was originally planning on trying to run in my marathon. And yeah, but now that, now that training, like now that we've started training, I I actually feel really motivated by it. And um, yeah, I've just got to, I've got to just try and hit a time that's, going to get me a spot on the team and if you know it's a very high risk um approach to racing which I haven't done a lot of before but I'm kind of excited by the prospect of that there's kind of no there's no question marks like oh what pace do I go out at or you know what's my race plan basically I just have to go and try and run you know 223 mm-hmm. low 223 flat so um that's what we're going to try and do and hopefully yeah Will and Kieran who I train with uh they're up for the the
0: um challenge of trying to
1: do that with me so yeah should be good sorry you go sorry you go i had a question in regards to now your marathon session so like i know you and moose are very much about you know you want to train to where your fitness currently is not like chasing a super fast like goal marathon pace but are you now running all of your marathon pace sessions at you know that 223 pace or still more of the marathon feel which you know potentially might be a little bit slower than that
2: yeah no we've definitely I actually heard you ask him that yeah, in the podcast. yeah and it was interesting because that was when we were still I think it had just happened and we were trying to make a plan of what to do and initially it was sort of like no we're just gonna you know keep doing what we're doing add a few extra stresses like heat and some cross training to try and get an edge and then As the marathon block started, we're actually, we've kind of gone slightly different approach and we are, well, you know, essentially Mm -hmm. I'm, when I'm doing marathon pace reps, I'm trying to run 323s. Um, And in this, a lot of the workouts we're doing, you know, where I might normally be sitting between 325s and 330s, um, it's sort of, Jules has got me doing stuff faster than marathon marathon pace to finish so you know finishing at mm-hmm. 320s or like our ons and floats are, you know the ons are quicker than marathon pace more like threshold whereas in the past it's been kind of you know marathon pace and then 20 or 30 seconds slower or whatever so I think we have kind of mm-hmm. gone that approach and it's it's a bit like I have to get my body used to running those paces um test it out and, and see if yeah we can get mm-hmm. you know a bit fitter than <laughs> I've mm-hmm. ever been before um which will be yeah a challenge, but. Yeah, I'm kind of enjoying it.
0: Does that mean, though, like your workouts are very much like a threshold heart rate for the marathon goal pace?
2: Yeah, I've ditched heart rate. so um, (laughs) Because of that reason? um, Well, yeah, (laughs) like basically, yes, because I would be reading into it. And like there'd be a lot of the workouts we've done, I reckon my heart rate would have been above threshold. And I just don't I don't want to know that. Um, I've also never worn a heart rate in a marathon or for marathon workouts before. So I've never really known, you know, kind of what my heart rate is at for those sessions. So I I was always going to ditch heart rate anyway for marathon block, but like even more so now that (laughs) Mm. we're running so much faster because I just don't want to know. Like there's, it's not going to change what I do on the day. Mm. um, And there's enough like ways you can overthink things so i thought i'd just remove that data and i'll just use heart rate basically for my recovery days to make sure i'm running slow enough um and maybe if we do a threshold a specific threshold session maybe but like yeah I've, i'm just going away from it for the next couple of months
0: it actually dumbs it down really well doesn't it like when the gun goes in seven weeks time run for as long as you can at 323s exactly if yep. you get to the finish line you probably go to the Olympics.
2: Yeah if you don't then yeah too bad you I tried hope, and hope like i double wouldn't people get I went, yeah well yeah that, That's you don't know. that's <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the only thing i guess is that like going which you know yeah, i'd never go the other way but going aggressive like i my if i blow up i'm going to blow up really good you know whereas <clears throat> say i ran more conservatively and tried to run 225 or 224 and then you know there is a chance people getting you, you hope that that doesn't happen in an olympic mm. build-up but um you know but yeah i'm not i'm not gonna i'm definitely not going that approach anyway i'm i've got to try and get top three time you, i think so are
0: you fairly confident though like looking at my first reaction and i said to moose when we saw the valencia results were like ali can do what they can over 10 and a half. like this isn't a ridiculous ask like are you telling yourself the same things
2: yeah, I'm telling myself that. Um I wasn't initially and then I think probably more as I thought about it and probably when I ran with Jules the next day and that was exactly what he said to me as well on that run the next morning and I yeah like that it is true like our all of our halves and 10k times are very similar so there's no reason really why I can't do that. It's just like it's very hard to pull it off and I'm fully aware of that but yeah, I've got to I've got to keep telling myself
1: that it's possible. <laughs> Basically. I uh, I know I asked Julian as well about, you know, if you weren't having a great day at Osaka, would it be worth pulling the pin and then reloading for one, another one like within the qualification period? Have you looked at any of those options?
2: Uh, I have looked a little bit. I'm trying not to um, – I'm not going to think about that anymore until after Osaka, but yeah. I have actually looked to see what there is late April and there's actually – I think on the last day of the qualifying period, there's Copenhagen Marathon in Denmark, which looks flat. It doesn't look like it's typically had really strong deep fields, but it'll be interesting to see what last day of Olympic qualifying period does to that this year. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of like and you know I'm not going to try and get into any of them or anything until after Osaka, but i I can't if I don't run well at Osaka, I'm definitely going to want to have another crack, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'll cross that bridge after cuz I don't I don't want to be running a saga not feeling good and thinking about that. I want to basically yeah. just eliminate that from my mind till
1: after. So what Hamburgs April as well? Uh,
2: yeah, Hamburg, uh I think Rotterdam um yeah, there's a, there's a couple around there and then just, yeah, Copenhagen early May.
0: Mm-hmm. London's yes. April Still as well. But, of time. I mean,
2: we can't get into London late and I haven't run great at London before, so I think I, um, yeah, need to pick a
0: different one. That's but, a bit of the isolation stuff as well, though, isn't it? At London, we've been women's only.
2: Yeah, I think so. I just, yeah, I've had to i I've done it twice. Once was the two K loops year, and I was coming off an injury, and I just wasn't that fit. And then last year, yeah, I just didn't have a, didn't really have a great run. So I think. I would probably look to do something similar again, like a men's and women's race together, and basically just trying to find as flat a, faster course as possible. Yeah. But I think Asaka is a better option than all of them for me anyway. So,
0: yeah. I've got some more questions, Croaks, but do you reckon we get her to recap her week and then we can fire a few more?
1: Yeah, because i got a few as well, but they're probably more in relation after I hear about uh, Saturday's race.
0: Yeah. Now you're off Strava yep. Alley, so this is like mm-hmm. new news to everyone pretty much. Monday yeah, through to yeah. Sunday.
2: I've gone dark. Um, yeah, so I actually – I had a rest day Monday um, coming off. We had a big workout Sunday and this week was kind of a down week. I'd i done three weeks of heat in a row as well, so we decided to do no heat and a rest day this week. So Monday off, no cross-training, no anything. And then Tuesday I just did uh, 14 – and a half k in the morning so probably 14k in some strides uh and then tuesday arvo elliptical for 45 minutes um wednesday morning we had a workout so we actually went to a new a new place for this one it's a housing estate kind of just out of torquay uh that's really it's all these big blocks it's kind of in the middle of nowhere and so there's a mile loop around the streets with no cars perfect new road surface and I'd seen it on I'd seen it on Google Maps before and then I'd taken my dog for a walk there one day so I'd kind of seen it but I'd never actually done a workout there but I went and drove around it the day before and we thought we'd give it a go just because Torquay is really busy at the moment so where we usually do these ones it's pretty chaotic on the roads so um, yeah so this was good it was dead flat fast mile loop and we had 20 by 500 on 500 float. So the instructions were 320 for the ons and 335s for the float, which is yeah, pretty like not a great deal, like not a di- big difference really between the ons and the floats and we'd come off doing we did 28k this on Sunday at 335 pace, so our our tempo pace was then becoming our float pace, which was a little daunting. But um yeah, really good crew. We had myself, Will, Kieran, and then Matt Gunther's coming back from an injury, so he dropped, he jumped in for the first half. And then Cam Smith, another guy in our group, he's jumping in and helping out with sessions as well, which has been awesome. So we had five of us, and poor old Jules was running by himself. Um, and I don't know, will he recap his week on the other podcast? Yeah,
0: yeah. That will mirror this. they do runner news. They're going to get guests in there. They've got all these ideas. I'm not sure how it actually is going to go, but um, he will but you can yeah. throw any loop at him here. Go for it. Oh, uh,
2: so, well, so he set the, what the session up wrong in the, on his watch where he did 500 on 50 seconds float. So his session, he'll talk about it on the thing, but it was pretty brutal, but it took him four or five reps before he actually realized that he was only floating for 50 seconds instead of 500. Um, so yeah, he put himself in a fair hole. Um, but anyway we were we were fine we didn't stuff it up in our watch so we we basically pretty much hit it perfectly like it you know often it was a second or two either side of the goal but we averaged three twenties for the ons and three thirty fives for the off the instruct the other instruction was to tra- aim for 20 but if our paces started blowing out before that to stop so Jules said you might only get you know 13 or 15 or whatever so just keep going until you can't hold pace anymore up to 20 reps but um yeah Will and I were able to get through 20 Kieran had been off adventuring for a few days between Sunday and Wednesday hiking over mountains so I think he was a bit tired and he had to stop just a bit earlier um but yeah so we averaged 327s for 20k's there then is that
0: a fun workout before you move on like being on for 500 meters isn't a massive amount but like did you feel like you recovered in the 500 meter float or did you feel like you had to keep the foot down to like working it uh
2: yeah some sometimes it sort of varied I really noticed that if we went a little bit too fast in the ons I felt it in the float and probably didn't feel like I'd fully recovered um I also I got a stitch in the middle of the workout and so I at one stage I thought oh I'm gonna have to might have to stop here and try and get it to go away and then jump back in but I was able to sort of get rid of it over after about two or three k's um but yeah so it kind of went up and down like it it felt easy at the start hard through the middle and then by the end I I think once we only had five or six reps left it kind of felt good again maybe just mentally Mm. I knew we were going to get through it and yeah I mean three thirty fives as your legs get tired it doesn't feel as much like a recovery as it does early but I was I was happy that 320 still felt quite good every time we changed pace we could com- sort of not comfortably but you know get to 320s without too much trouble so yeah it was fun it was so, more fun than I was expecting
0: Did you say what well, your average for the whole 20k? Mm, 327 Yeah 327 Yeah okay Yeah. it's just yeah. good whenever you do like times 20 of something it's just like mentally you're just getting so many benefits
2: yeah, well, I had I had no idea what how many reps we were up to for a lot of it. I just had um, what did I have on my watch? Like maybe lap pace and time or something. So it was, every now and then I would check to see how many K's we'd done because I like it. You had it was really hard to keep count when it was five hundred on five hundred float. And I, pretty early on, I thought, oh, we've probably done close to ten here, and I think we'd only done six. <laughs> so it kind of. <laughs> Yeah, it it was yeah. But I just tried not to not to look at that too much until once we got to five left, then it was kind of easy to count down. But yeah. And do you
1: share do you share the load, or do the boys get in front and uh, give you like the kipchoge service?
2: <laughs> no, nah, we run. We mostly run side by side. It does vary a little bit. I was I had the inside lane actually, pretty much this whole workout. Um, which, yeah, that was definitely an advantage on a mile loop. But, yeah, no, nah, they're good. I, I was kind of running at the front, a couple of them behind me, and then I had Will beside me. Matt Gunther was maybe running in front of us early on when he was helping us out. But, yeah, they're they're really good. They do, like, on the in the 28K the week before, I think, Kieran sat on the front nearly the whole time um, whenever it got a bit windy. So, yeah, but we try to
0: around. What'd you think of the loop croaks? My DMs are lighten up after this one went up on Wednesday on Moose's.
1: Uh well, the only thing I noticed was that he mentioned he stuffed up in his watch. So I, yeah, although I haven't heard his weekly recap, I knew he'd stuffed it from uh, uh, setting it up in his watch point of view. Nah, but if I don't know I don't have his um loop up, so a few you know. listeners
0: think there's a bit of industrial estate about this.
2: <laughs> oh definitely a lot there
0: of turns, data like... looks good, yeah. mile like only
2: an S bend in the middle where every time we went through there, our pace would drop. But, yeah, yeah, it was definitely a bit of mayo. Not as GPS-friendly as the crit track in Geelong where we used to train. Oh, yeah. But, I, like, I don't know. I don't care about that because I don't think there's anything wrong with getting a little bit of confidence,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. you
2: know. And, and, I, prob- so-
1: and I, I think sometimes, Ellie, when when the watch is telling you, like, good things, it stops you from over pushing as well. It's like, okay, I'm in the zone. I'm actually running now within myself as opposed yeah. to it being the other way going, oh, I need to run a few seconds faster and then really burying yourself.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when I did, when I ran my PB at Nagoya, I did a lot of my sessions leading into that on the crit track and all of my marathon pace stuff was on a GPS-friendly course, but I was then able to run the same pace in the race. So I don't know. I don't, it. Yeah, I don't think it should. I think there's, there are some loops that are ridiculous, like a footy oval. Um, but, yeah. The watch is, is definitely a, a bit yeah, we
0: saw that I on know. Saturday night on people's track races,
1: yeah. coming in 300 metres over. And yeah, Moose, yeah. I'm surprised Moose didn't stop down the back straight <laughs> once his Garmin hit 10k. I said to him walking at the start line, are you going to put it in track mode?
0: And he just goes, no, nah, I don't think I'll worry about that. I'm just like, well, when do you worry about it if you don't put it on for a ten gay track race?
2: Yeah, why wouldn't you do it for a race? No, make any sense?
0: Not sure, but that was your big Wednesday, and then going into a Saturday race, like not a lot of time to recover.
2: Nah, so um, I did. I didn't do. I was doing a bit more cross training this week and a few less doubles though. So I actually did have a pretty light couple of days. Thursday, I just ran ten and a half in the morning, and then I did. 50 minutes on the elliptical in the afternoon and then friday i ran 13 and a half in the morning and then elliptical again in the afternoon 45 minutes um it's both pretty easy runs so yeah i felt all right i thought i felt all right saturday morning um saturday night the 10k so do, do you want me to talk about that
0: what are you watching on the run? elliptical first
2: um, I've been watching reruns of The Office, just because it's nice.
0: UK or like US?
2: The US one. I don't know how to get the UK one. Yeah,
0: What's I'm it sure. on? I think it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, maybe. I've
2: been watching, I sort of, it depends what mood I'm in. If I just don't want to think and I want to just zone out, I watch that. Otherwise, I, I've been watching more of the sports docos on Netflix. So I started watching the US women's soccer team one. Oh, is it good? Um Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Didn't love, love it. I think I reckon what happened was they went into it thinking that they were gonna
0: Yeah, win the world. Win.
2: Club. Yeah. So it's like geeing up to be like this amazing story and then it was
0: <laughs> a yeah. bit of a disaster. They didn't make the finals, did they? No. The nah, yeah.
2: No. Nah. Um So, yeah, I watched a couple of episodes of that. And then what else have I been watching? Oh, um, Why Women Kill on SBS On Demand. Has anyone watched that?
1: No. No.
2: It's quite good. It's like a weird comedy drama about three different women in different decades who all live in the same house and there's three murders. Anyway. Uh, Okay. It's like, yeah, Jace Jace actually sort of got into it too, which is, I didn't think he was going to like it, but it was kind of good, easy watching as well. Um, so, yeah, I just see
0: what mood I'm in and pick a TV show. So then the race, the only female in the field?
2: Yeah, only female. So I heard in the intro you said I won.
0: You did. I did. <laughs>
2: very, uh, yeah, misleading. Um, so, yeah, the race was, like, to be honest, I was a bit disappointed. I I wanted to run faster. Um But, yeah, I mean, it was kind of warm, marathon training. I felt like I would have freshened up after a few easy days last week and no heat, but I didn't feel fresh while I was racing. Like, the effort for running kind of, I think I averaged 317, 318. That felt, yeah, harder than I was expecting it to, and I just felt like I didn't have any go from that pace. but. It was okay. We had a pretty good pack. I actually started the race. I ended up in the middle of your pack, Brady, and the next big pack, which I think had nearly everyone else in it. Um, so I ran around by myself for about a K, waiting for Matt Gunther and Kieran to catch up, which then they did. And that was actually good. I ran, like, sat in on Matt for a while. And then um, Kieran and I went around Matt and we kind of worked together for a bit through the middle. Uh, and then, yeah, I pick, I was able to pick it up a little bit in the last mile, but it was just one of those races that was a bit like, I don't know, I didn't feel that good. didn't, yeah, just maybe struggled a little bit for motivation through the middle and then, yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was, I ran 32.57, um, which is okay, but yeah, I was hoping to kind of run. Somewhere
0: under thirty-two, thirty. It's but a bit, yeah. That when that happens, like it's a bit of a nothing race, really. And it was yeah twenty-six degrees croaks. What's that worth? That like it was it's humid, humid too, well, Ali. Yeah,
1: sticky. I reckon 20, 26, 26 degrees is definitely worth like twenty or you know twenty seconds, which sort of gets you to that um, you know thirty-two, thirty sort of range. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't know, I, I, I felt like training had been going well and, and I'm probably still like, I think the last month's block has been really hard and I, maybe the fitness from that hasn't kicked in yet, but I feel like I've been able to run sort of 32-30 in hot races before when I was similar fitness to what I am now, but maybe I'm just not quite there yet.
1: Um, yeah. So what have your last couple of weeks looked like in terms of mileage and, and cross-training hours?
2: um so mileage wise i've been running in the 150s i think uh yeah 140s 150s and i've been cro- doing about three hours of elliptical a week it's it sort of depends when i don't double eye elliptical um so i feel like i've been doing the equivalent of more training than i've ever done really because mm. my mileage has only ever really got up to sort of
1: 160-ish um, without you cross-training. Have, yeah, you probably wouldn't have been doing cross-training when you were running 160 in the past.
2: No, nah, ne- nah, I never have done any cross-training in the past basically. So, yeah, so it's mileage has been all right. And then I think we'll probably get up to – like it'll probably sit around 160Ks over the next four or five weeks. Um, and then I'll, I'm still going to try and do a little bit of elliptical on top of that as well.
0: Were you racing again, Ellie, between now and Osaka?
2: Nah, no more races. No. Nah. Yeah. I'm just going to just head down, train. I, I think I raced a lot last year, and, and I don't know if that was part of the reason I got injured, but I just – I'm not really interested in racing. I just want to – yeah, I want everything to be geared around training now. And that, that 10K was nice to kind of break up the block, but I would have also been happy to not do that and just train through
0: Mm. you guys don't sit down before the race and say hey let's run as a pack and you take k1 and i'll take k2 and stuff like that continue to train with these guys come race day
2: uh not really well kieran and i so will our training partner did a solo 10k time trial that morning and ran 32 28 i think um so well, uh, Kieran and I's plan was to try and beat him this yeah. <laughs> time. So we were gonna we were gonna try and yeah sit on three fifteens but and work together. But then when it was so warm, we were like, oh, really? Everyone in the we sort of watched what had happened in the five k's and the ten k before us, and everyone had run a decent amount slower, like probably forty five seconds or so slower than what they wanted. So we were we. Before the race, we talked about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I think we should probably actually start around 320s." Um, and Kieran was up for that too, so that was kind of the rough plan. Yeah. But then the first K, I went a little bit quicker accidentally, and I was like, "Oh, maybe this will be okay." But then, yeah, it wasn't.
0: I didn't, couldn't quite pull it off. So,
2: so Will's got one up on us now. He's actually <laughs> he's actually dropped us in a few sessions too, so he's probably got three or four up on us.
0: But I paced Will for the back end of Melbourne one year this was the oh, same. He did yeah you. i was talking to moose yeah. i'm like is this the same will guy and i'm like yes yeah. so i know the guy you're talking about
2: yeah i remember that yeah. i was on
0: the bike I'm looking watching. forward to seeing what he can do at Osaka.
2: he's fit so he he just got an iron infusion because his iron was his ferritin was five or something five. so he he's gone from like battling and it might have been low for ages i reckon because will got really good really quickly and then maybe like plateaued for a while and then anyway he got this iron infusion four weeks ago or five weeks ago and now he's flying so
0: he wouldn't know himself would he off five
2: Nah, he's feeling he's feeling really good so he's gonna uh, he's gonna run a massive marathon pb
0: have you been tracking Um, your ferritin as well like i know you've had issues with low ferritin in the past
2: yeah i have it's been um it hasn't been too bad like it It's been hovering kind of in the 40s, so um, not nowhere near as low as it's been in the past. But it's not – yeah, it's not dropping like it normally does, but I will probably have another iron test soon because often when mine drops is in a marathon block. Hmm. Um, So if it – just to make sure it hasn't, you know, got down around 30 or whatever. Um, But, yeah, the last test I had, it had actually gone up slightly from before, which is – that basically never happens for me. So that's – Yeah, that's good. If I can keep it up around 50-odd, I'll be
0: fine. But if not, I'll probably try and get an infusion before the race. Yeah. If you have to put a percentage on where your fitness is at at the moment, like (laughs) ideally hoping that you get to race week and it's at 100, where do you reckon you are seven weeks out?
2: Uh, Oh, I don't know. Um, 100 being the fittest I've ever been.
0: Yeah, like confident, uh, you can attack these 3.23s, this 2.23 finishing time, like, you know, very confident on the start line that, the, that your fitness is there and it's just need everything to go right on the day.
2: Yeah, I reckon I'm about 85% there.
0: Good. It's good <laughs> like to be I feel seven like, weeks to go.
2: Yeah, I can run that pace somewhat comfortably, but it's not quite as comfortable as, it needs to be i'm hoping that a bit more time with the big long runs and you know a little bit more time spent at that pace it will start to feel a little more comfortable yeah a so, little more like marathon pace at the moment i can do it but i'd say it feels harder than marathon pace
0: yeah but you think about like say a two-week taper that's still like five weeks of training to go two big sessions a week that's still 10 decent workouts you throw into the barn
1: yeah. Like you've still yeah, got a, get a lot of time,
0: time to get fit from here.
2: Yeah. Or to get and fitter. I, think, I reckon that often does happen. Like, um, you know how I was saying before, that month I've got behind me, I feel like that hasn't quite kicked in yet. Mm. But then if that kicks in and then I can get another really good month, I, do, I feel like I'll um, be fit. I just have to, yeah, stay healthy, get through, tick through. Like we've got some big hard ones coming this next three or four weeks. Um, so, get through them and then, you know, try not to get sick, try not to get injured. And then, yeah, hopefully it'll all kick in
0: just at, in at time. <laughs> race day shoe all sorted. I know you were, you know, I'm not sure what you were wearing on um, Saturday night on the track. It wasn't a spike. Yeah.
2: Though. No. So, I've got the um, SuperComp Elite version four, which I've got a prototype of them, but they're about to be released, I think, in early Feb. So I'll wear a I'll wear a new pair of them. I re I really really like them actually. I I've yeah I think they are much like a big upgrade from the previous SC threes. Um, and they just they feel really good on the road. They're not quite as soft, but they feel a little bit more aggressive, a bit more responsive. Which I don't like soft shoes. So not quite as soft is actually good for me. Um, and yeah, that'll definitely be my marathon shoe. So, but I need to get some fresh ones though because the ones I've got I've bit worn to probably done like 600 k's in them they're
0: they're pretty shot this is the one i think i've seen it on um like social media it's probably like the real first new balance shoe that's looked like super chunky and super super would that be fair to say like it almost looks like those like big adidas ones a bit
2: it looks real. i agree i think the um the sole looks a lot like the adidas Hmm. one so the idea is that they've cut away it's Slightly higher stack, I think, and it definitely feels more aggressive, the rocker, but they've cut away all the bits of foam that don't do anything. They basically worked out within the sole exactly what they needed to get what they wanted, and then every other bit of foam that wasn't necessary has been, like, shaved out almost. That's why it's got that kind of weird geometrical shape to it, which is a little similar to the Adidas one. So um, I haven't – I don't know what the Adidas ones feel like, but, yeah. Yeah they,
0: they feel really good. That's good. I like them. I have confidence in your shoe. I'm
2: obviously biased. but uh, Do you know when yeah.
0: they come out? Well, you just said they're coming out soon, but I have you got a date?
2: Early Feb. Uh, I don't know the exact date, but um, I know Jules really likes them. So he, he ordered a lot of them for their, for their Geelong store. And I think Bree's got a pair as well, um, which I'm not sure if she's actually tried them yet, but Yeah, I think it's early Feb. Apparently, they're coming into Australia sometime in Jan, and then they'll be released early Feb.
0: Cool. Very good.
2: Yeah, another another competitor, which is good.
0: Yeah. Well, every I think feel like every brand's got one now, don't they? Yeah. The big players, anyway. Yeah. Radio Croaks. What have you been doing? Match that. Oh, I just
1: just well one more question for Ellie. Um, reason for going off Strava.
2: Um, that was when I was injured, coming back from injury, like it, we, we sort of we were on a little bit of a timeline as far as uh, I couldn't do a really conservative rebuild because I had to try and get fit enough to do a marathon early this year. So I didn't really want people watching and judging. And this was Jules as well. We discussed it, watching and judging what we were doing. Basically, we just wanted to. Um, do what we felt was best without any uh, external
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> comments, I guess. <clears throat> and I've I actually kind of like, I kind of like being off Strava, just like plugging away down here training. I don't know, it's kind of, yeah, it's been. I, I've done this before. where I've gone off Strava for a little bit and then come back on. I do really like Strava, but um, I also enjoy, yeah, just sort of going away and training and no one knowing what I'm doing every
0: now and then for short periods.
1: Until you can recap your week. I like your honesty. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, but it's like, how many avenues of like mental space do you have? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, you don't have time to respond to that or take those opinions in. And it's just like, yeah, I get it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like we were, Jules and I were confident in how we were going to do it. And, we were, yeah, we just sort of wanted to go and plug away and do it. And I probably thought I would come back on to Strava once I'd done that rebuild and I was back doing normal training. But then I decided I was just going to stay off for this block and just, yeah.
1: Yeah, just train, not worrying about.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: Plus, after Julian's watched stuff up, he's got all the all the crowns around town anyway, so there's no oh, point I being on now. Strava.
2: I got about 60 emails saying Brian Hook has stolen your
1: <laughs> CR. I thought that would be the case. Oh, I messaged her. I was like,
2: excuse me, Bri." <laughs> She's like, no, it's not me. It's Jules. Uh... Oh,
0: very good. She does
2: She does often get my CRs anyway, though, so it's not an unusual thing. But I got about, yeah, 60
0: in one day. I thought it was a bit harsh. Very good. Bradley, tell us about your week.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so I kicked off on New Year's Day. Um, so, yes, had a, a bit of a later run because um, we, we stayed in the city on New Year's Eve and took the kids down to the, the lake for the fireworks and then um, had breakfast at the hotel, which, um, yeah, it was cool. They had the um, the Canberra International Tennis Tournament was on, so a lot of the big dogs were uh, in that hotel. So, um, yes, yeah, it was always cool seeing, like, elite athletes sort of at the, the dining hall and seeing what they're getting stuck into. You um, so, yeah, I didn't get out hotel? to around...
0: Do you have to give the hotel a plug Because when you stay staying there for free?
1: Well, yeah, Viv won it through fashions on the field. Um, yeah, so no, we don't need to give it – I think it's called okay. the Deco, but okay. we don't have to give it a plug. Have, um, yeah, so it was like a pretty sort of uh, overcast day, but then when I went out to run, the sun sort of came out. So ended up being a bit steamy. Uh, I wore the socony Triumph 21, which, um, yeah, Moose was generous enough to send down, quite enjoyable that shoe so that'll be sort of one of my regular just easy running shoes or so, yeah um probably not my like long run shoe but just those sort of hour runs uh, so i did just over 10k 45 minutes and then tuesday morning uh i had a pretty decent group down at the lake uh warmed up it was super humid morning but then just as we finished the warm-up started to rain and the rain was actually like really good it sort of just cooled things down a little bit and you know those hot mornings where like the rain doesn't bother you because it's so warm. Um, so end up being a pretty good session. Like I'd say this is probably the best session I've done since uh, coming back. So the session was eight minutes. Uh, yeah, eight minute rep and then a two minute sort of slow jog recovery. Uh, six by one minute on, one minute sort of standing recovery, two minutes recovery after the last one minute, and then another eight minute rep. So, so ran like three 18s for the first eight minute rep. Um, was rolling sort of mid 250k pace for the one minute reps and then 311s for the last eight minutes and um, what I found for this one was like I reckon I would have struggled to have run 311s for that first eight minutes like all out just because it was first rep of the morning but after having done some one minute reps at 250 to 255 um running 311s felt like probably smoother than the 318s like heart rate got relatively high but I felt smooth running that pace so that gave me a fair bit of confidence um that you know I could probably break 16 minutes if I can sort of run an eight minute rep at the end of a session um at that sort of pace so I was Uh, was really
2: absolutely you can break 16 minutes (laughs) so
1: uh, yeah I guess I just don't know sort of where my fitness is at because I've been Training with guys that have been running around sort of sixteen minutes, or a couple of guys that haven't broken sixteen, um, and like t- training with them, the sessions have been pretty solid for me. So, but I think yeah, based on that session, I was like, yeah, like if I had to race, like surely I can run, yeah, hold this for eight minutes if I was fresh. So
2: what what were you running your threshold at like before all the heart stuff when you were fit?
1: Uh, so I was doing like yeah, six minute reps at like. Probably three tens to three fifteens like yeah, so you that a lot yeah. of treadmill right. stuff on the at three twenties, though weren't you? oh, that was the year before, okay, yeah, um, but this year was yeah, like I was running yeah around three tens probably for like six minute reps off a minute, um yeah, I remember just before I had to stop running, I did like a two by eight k with a three minute jog in between. I think I averaged three twenties for that whole session, now uh, that was like gearing up for gold Coast um yeah gold coast marathon so i I feel like over the short like the shorter reps i feel pretty smooth it's just i find at the moment the longer continuous sessions i do start to sort of struggle a little bit sort of 15 20 minutes in whereas these ones here where i get like to stand around for a minute i feel way better um but that's always going to be the case when you know you're running 70k and your long run's not very long you are just you know lacking a bit of strength Hmm.
2: is it has it been surprising to you like because the, uh, this session i reckon shows that you're pretty bloody fit like is that are you amazed that you can get that fit off 70ks and lighter <laughs> lighter intensity sessions than what you're used to
1: yeah yeah like i think the sessions probably haven't been that uh lower and like, I, I say the sessions i've probably been running them as i would if i didn't have a heart issue um so some of them have been pretty difficult but definitely in terms of like my overall volume has been significantly lower. Like you know, some some weeks I was running four days, others I was running five days. So yeah, I think for just like base fitness, I'm really happy with where I'm at. But there's always that mental component. Whereas I think when you've been used to running like 130, 140, 150, 160k fifty, one sixty k a week, you, you sort of feel like yeah yeah I'm not running to my capacity. So it's probably more mental than anything that I'm like oh I'm not as fit as I should be or could be because of what I'm doing um but this was definitely probably the first session where I'm like yeah okay I'm um I'm, I'm going okay if I can do that um so yeah that so then on Wednesday uh got out for my, my sort of midweek long run so uh yeah I've slowly started to just increase things uh I don't it may have coincided with like the start of the year but yeah, my midweek runs were sort of 70 minutes, maybe. So I did 80 minutes um, at 4:17s on the Wednesday morning. Thursday, I went out to, so we had a an undulating sort of fartlek session on the Friday, um, and we were doing it sort of out near Stromlo on this dirt dirt trail, and it was pretty undulating. But there's a few areas where the surface was a bit sketchy, and I just thought, you know, it's just risky running fast over that sort of terrain so i wanted to find somewhere that was maybe the surface was a bit better but we could still get some undulation so um at the arboretum which is sort of close to Stromlo, uh they've sort of paved a lot of the stuff a lot of the um the trails now so yeah i ran out there and uh, i ended up being pretty hilly like i did 10.7 k with like 200 meters of, of elevation um in like 45 oh. minutes so it wasn't yeah, it probably wasn't the easy run that I would normally have on a Thursday um, just because I wanted to, yeah, work out exactly where we would do the session. Um, yeah, and that, then Friday was the session. So we did nine nine times, two minutes, 15 on 75 second float. Um, and so I covered, and like pace, I guess, is pretty irrelevant for this because some reps are uphill, some reps are downhill. But um, yeah, traveled point. 8.6K in just over 30 minutes. Average 331s with about 170 metres of of elevation. Um, So it was a pretty solid session. But what I liked about it was we sort of had a downhill start. We had the majority of the hills in the middle and then it was slightly downhill. So coming off off the tough hills, you then started to feel pretty smooth running sort of downhill and then on the flat. Um, so it's definitely a session that we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep training out there if, if we want to do sort of undulating tempo type stuff. Um, so, yeah, so that was Friday, that Saturday. That was going to
2: our um, – in our categories of <laughs> hilly versus undulating versus flat, that's like 20 metres a K. That would be considered really hilly.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one because the hills are real um, – none of the hills were really long but they were quite steep in sections um, so yeah and like who I find sometimes with the watches like I don't I don't know how accurate the elevation gain is because I always look at other people on the same session and it can vary by like 20 meters per per watch so um yeah I don't know but I guess yeah it was still yeah, there's still enough hills in there um, and I was pretty happy to average 330s for that sort of um, that session. 30 minutes worth. Uh, I took Saturday off because I figured, um, yeah, it was going to be like my biggest week since June um, and I hadn't run like seven days since then. So I took Saturday off and then Sunday uh, I met Zach who I've sort of been doing most of my sessions with. Um, so yeah, he's, he's gearing up for Canberra marathon. Um, so we thought we'd go out to Stromlo Arboretum area, which is a bit hillier than, um, than Mulligan's and yeah, I, yeah, I, I planned to do sort of close to two hours, um, and we ran yeah a fair bit faster than I thought we'd run out here because it it is quite hilly. Um, yeah, but I did twenty eight k, average four oh sixes. Got in what was it four hundred and four hundred and seventy eight meters of elevation. Um, but once again, out there it's like I don't know if if you've got my file open like there's a massive chunk where you're pretty much running flat but when you're running up the hills they're pretty um, they're pretty steep so you get a lot of elega- elevation in a, in a short period of time um, yeah and that you're was you're actually...
2: you're running fast up those steep
0: hills too
1: there's <laughs> a bit of old school crooks about
0: this alley isn't there sunday yeah, when i saw this definitely. pop up i like our boys back
1: yeah this used to be yeah every when was it 2018 maybe like every second or third week and this was when actually Reese Edwards was living in Canberra. So I used to do this with him a bit um out here. And yeah, we'd sort of get rolling up some of these hills. But uh yeah, it was yeah, it was probably a bit harder than uh yeah, it should have been, especially given it was my longest run, it was my, my fastest, and it was my hilliest since June, all all in one run. So um yeah, anyway, it was a week of 102k. Getting stronger and, yeah, off that week. Feeling all right. Feeling good. One. So
2: are you 102,
1: are you, like, allowed to do that? I don't know. I do do have to – Viv's staring at me. Viv's not really impressed (laughs) with what I've been doing. Um, When I told her on, like, Saturday, I'm like, oh, i only got to run, like, 26K tomorrow and I crack 100K. And she's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to message Brady and Julian now and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, No, like, I haven't. I've got to – I do have to get back in touch with Andre Um, because uh, yeah, I was meant to have like a review before Christmas, which, um, yeah, obviously didn't happen. Uh, but I also figure like I've got this loop recorder inserted and it's been set that, you know, they will get a notification if I go into an arrhythmia. Uh, So if my heart rate goes above 195, I'm, I'm guessing they get notified. Um, and nobody's contacted me saying, Hey, there seems to be an issue here. Uh, but yeah, before I go any, any higher than what I'm doing now, I'll definitely, um, touch base with Andre and, and probably get down to Melbourne for a bit more testing again.
0: Mm, it's good that you can yep. do it though. As you yeah. said, they would have been flagging it if something was going on.
1: Yeah, like whether I should be doing it or not, I don't know. But it's just hard. Like you start to feel a bit of fitness coming back and you're like, oh. But imagine this how good.
0: This is probably
2: where you've got to be careful because you are getting fit and yeah,
1: probably loving
2: it, obviously. You just got to be yeah sensible
1: though. and because it's always that whole oh imagine like I'm, I'm going pretty well but you know i just feel like i just need a little bit more strength and it's like well how do you get strength you just go a bit longer on a sunday and you just add a little bit more volume over the week because as i said like my sessions i feel for the last month have been probably the same intensity that i would run without a heart condition it's just my volume hasn't been very high um whereas now i just you know obviously would love to try and increase that a little bit um, but yeah, I'll uh yeah. I'll reach I'll reach out to Andre this week, I think.
2: A hilly fast longer, long run though is gonna be a fair bit more strain on your heart, so
1: you gotta yeah,
2: mm-hmm. talk to talk to Andre. Yeah. <laughs> because there's no
0: end game, is there, Croaks? Like it's not like you're trying to break two forty at a marathon in six weeks.
1: Uh, no, I don't know. There's still I don't know, I still have some amb- I haven't really told anybody, but I still got some sort of ambitions but
0: Yeah, but not small term, not nothing like to push the envelope before you meet Andre? No, not in
1: no, not in the next uh, yeah, not in the next few months. But it's like you know, you want to train to be able to train, sort of thing.
0: Okay, what do yeah. you give us an announcement?
1: Nah, not yet. I don't want to. I don't want to do any of that because it's like it's just nah. Because I haven't been given the okay to train yeah. properly or, or race properly, so I don't want to start making announcements because it then sort of goes against you know. You know like it's almost like I'm going totally against my cardiologist by like saying oh hey I'm going to do this event so but well, oh yeah
2: you 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 also don't want to have it so set in your head that then you're like oh if I'm going to do that event I need around 30 mm, something you yeah. know cuz that might tempt you to do more than
1: yeah so no know. you're right I do Here I do is. I do have to message Andre and I might even do it yeah well might even send him me a message while Brady recaps his mm, week I can do that sooner yeah, rather than later
2: He's got a holiday house about 2Ks from here, Brad, so I might run into him over the next yeah. couple of days. Then you'll be in trouble.
1: Yeah. All right, I'll message him now while you're talking, Brady. <laughs> I'll
0: go through my week. My week was also a bit of a break in marathon training, so a bit of a down week, a bit of a race week. Um, I cut out most of the doubles, cut the mileage back. Question for both you two, though, you're both coaches. When you've got a 10K race coming up on the Saturday, what workout do you do on the Wednesday croaks? Because you don't want it to be too big that impacts the Saturday race, but at the same time wasn't going to do a long run Sunday, no big marathon workout Sunday. So what do you do on the Wednesday? Tricky question. Uh,
1: well, I think for most races, um, like at that tape a week, I often do some stuff at race pace. And yeah, then but just I was kind of getting that faster. from
0: the race. Do you know what I mean? I was like, on the on the weekend, I'm going to get my three-minute K pace.
1: What do you, but, yeah, but you're talking about the week leading up to it, aren't you? I'm like talking the... about
0: the week, like, four days before. When you're doing yeah. a race in a marathon block. Do you know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. I was really torn about what workout how to much, do on Wednesday.
2: It depends how much you care about the race. Yeah. Like, because... If you don't care about it at all and your focus is the marathon, like I I agree with what Brad said. That's exactly the sort of session I would normally give someone before a 10K, like some 10K pace stuff and some faster stuff. Yeah. But I also know what you said. You're running at 10K pace on the Saturday. And if your focus is the marathon, then just don't – I wouldn't even worry. Like my session would be a marathon-specific session.
0: Yeah. Because the 10K
2: doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah. That's what I went with. Yeah. So I did Monday, I did 11K in the morning at 4.48 because I was coming off that long run workout and then 30 minutes in the afternoon at 4:39s. Tuesday, 16K and a couple of strides. And then Wednesday, I did go for 4 by 3K reps at around marathon pace effort, um, off two minutes slow jog. It was pretty hot though. It was 20 degrees and 92% humidity. So I kind of gave myself permission to run two or three seconds a K slower. And then in the first couple of reps, I was kind of good hovering around like 160 beats per minute and about 320k pace, which is usually where I'm at for that pace. And then it just crept up on me and got me in like rep three and then rep four. Um, my heart rate was getting pretty close to like 170. And really like, you know, you've got a race coming up in a couple of days and you don't want to get like too deep in the well. So kind of just getting the workout done um, to try and tick some marathon pace work because it's probably going to be a week before I was going to get back to it on the following Wednesday. So, like, just weird mentally, but got it done. Started at 6 a.m., finished at 7.30. I told Ali this story on Saturday Croaks, but finished the workout, got in my car, and we'd had a lot of uh, rain the night before. I think we had, like, 60 mil. And I parked in the normal spot I usually park it in. And then when I got out of my car for the warm-up, I'm like, oh, there's a bit of water around, but didn't think about it too much. And then I went to drive out, and my car was bogged, the Kia, wasn't a good sign and I was about 3k from home so I ran home I tried to put some like rocks under the wheels to try and like get that to give me a bit of traction to get it out of there And I'm on the side of like the highway, like cars driving past can see me like, what's this guy doing? So I jogged home, um, had a shower, called, I sent my mate a message. He's got one of those big Ram trucks. You can see those in Canberra, oh, yeah. correct? You would have seen yeah, a few yeah. Summonats on the weekend, wouldn't you? <laughs> I didn't
1: they, go to Summonats. <laughs> one of my mates has got a Ram actually <laughs> yeah. to um, tow his caravan around Australia. Yeah,
0: they're massive, those things. So I sent him a message to this like, hey, can you just come? Like, this is pretty embarrassing. Can you just come pull me out of here? And he's like, yeah, no worries. But this guy also owns like a tow truck company. So then I was waiting out there. I got Carly to drop me back out there. And this massive, like, tow truck arrives with this, like, not even my mate driving it, just, like, one of his tradie employees. And he's just, like, asking me what I'm doing out here and why I run and all this kind of stuff. So it was, um, yes, yeah, quite embarrassing getting my car towed out of the mud on Wednesday morning. No double. Uh, Thursday did 10K at 4.53s. So these, like, Thursday, Friday I was, like, how slow can I jog to be able to recover for Saturday? Um, and then Friday, I ran twelve uh, k at four forty ones. Ran with a long time listener and patron supporter, Andy Lane. He was in town, traveling through on his way back to, from to Perth. So, um, yeah, jogged with him. And then I did fifteen minutes when we got to Geelong, just really to move my legs. It was like three and a half hours drive. Just wanted to yeah shake him out a bit. Uh, Saturday morning before the race, did twenty minutes in Eastern Gardens. Why don't you guys do more workouts in the alley, Eastern Gardens? Hills, actually, nice surface. yeah,
2: we used to. I'm um, looking at your loop now. We we did used to do uh, tempos and thresholds around that loop a little bit, but it's a bit short. I think though, for isn't
0: us, it 2k, the 2k ramp.
2: Uh it's a bit over two. I reckon it's quite good if you want like an undulating tempo. Hmm. It's just to get to Eastern Park from the coast is a bitch because you have to go all the way through Geelong. Um, it's like it would take me an hour to get there.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
2: Yeah. So we don't – like some of the Geelong-based guys do the odd session there, um, but we don't really. It's just too much of a pain to get
0: to. Did you ever but do it's, the it's AV nice. race in there, like the 16K cross country?
2: No, nah, but I've run on that course before with Brett Coleman, um, but I never actually did the race when I was there. No, yeah. that no, would have she- been quite good,
0: yeah. was it? It was. It was all on like the grassy, like side of the path kind of thing. And nationals was there really, one year as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was. It's good.
2: a bit. I used to work down on the waterfront in Geelong, and I used to run along there at night, and it's creepy. At, like after yeah, work, it would sometimes be. when it was dark, it was super creepy. So I actually stopped doing it. Like there's some real. During in the morning, it's fine, and during the day, it's fine, but at night, there's some. Yeah,
0: there's some odd cats cat getting around, around there Sunday morning they got a bat yeah. problem there as well. There's a big sign about how the bats might be close to the ground when it's hot and stuff. That was new. Anyway, race Saturday night, surf club, track night, 10K. Um, it was a pretty good field for me. Like There were no absolute superstars there. A couple of, like, Nate Stote was there, 29.40 guy. Um, ben Bosh was there. I think he ran 30.01 a couple of weeks ago. Alex Harvey come down from Noosa. Who else was in the lead pack? Craig Appleby. 29 high guy moose 29 high guy so it was kind of like good that we kind of had this um pack of people without you know a superstar kind of blowing us out of the water up the front perceived effort for me was huge early like i i kind of probably oh, settled in fifth or sixth on the rail we kind of strung out pretty quick and i was like this first k feels super fast it's got to be like 258 259 and it was like a 305 and then I was like, oh, this is going to be maybe just a, you know, break in 31 kind of night, which would be um, pretty like in line with what we saw in the other races. And then second and third K, we actually picked it up. I think we ran a couple of three-minute Ks and we went through 3K close to like 9.05, maybe like 9.07, and we are still all together. And then the boys at the front just backed it off. This was Nathan Stode, actually. He kind of led the first uh, 5K, so like 12 and a half laps. We went through 5K in 15-18, and I think we were still together. And then a few guys just started dropping off the back. Um, I think Ben Ludbrook dropped off first, and then maybe Moose around like 6 or 7K. And then I was just really working on covering the moves to be able to stay with the lead pack. Just like that comfort of like being with a group when you're on the track. I feel when you drop, it's a long way when you've still got kind of like you know seven eight nine ten laps to go um so i just kept playing mind games like stay until 10 laps to go stay until 3k to go and then we dropped apples off the back as well and then ben bycher like stepped off the track probably with five laps to go and then it was down to the three of us and i was almost shocked that i was uh there with three laps to go and i was starting to think about what way i could potentially try and win the race i was getting a sniff croaks. my eyes were starting to light up i'm like i might win this thing I haven't won a decent race in a long time and then um just as that thought come into my mind alex harvey went to the front again put in a massive surge he ran the last k in about 250 i think they Stoat ran in about 253 or four and i all i could muster out was a 257 i was trying hard but those boys left me for dead in the last um 1k so i finished up in yeah 30 25 for third we were 15 18 and then 1507 for the second half um there was a real fine line I felt between like running 71s felt like I was on my limit and I was really like struggling but then would kind of slow occasionally and run a 73 74 and I felt like that was almost like perfect and I was comfortable so um yeah it was a good experience hot like they had the the like the water going over the track with 100 meters to go which was nice to cool down a bit but I did feel that like but then it hit you it was coming out pretty hard that it hit your face and you had to close your eyes did you notice that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the I big was doing that a And well. Big puddle and my kinda for really well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So it was but nice. But better
2: than no better than no Mr. though.
0: And then just like singlet like sticking to you and just yeah, it felt like a bit a bit sickly. But um yeah, I think my prediction last week was between thirty twenty and thirty forty. And I probably said that before I knew what the weather was. So I think this is probably um yeah, probably the top end of where I kinda of thought my fitness was, which was good. Mm. And then Sunday, I just got out for 10K at like 4.55 pace. I was a bit busted up, had like stuff all sleep. by the time you get to bed. And I had a bit of caffeine before I raced. Um, so yeah, I was rolling off like six hours. And I was just like, just, yeah, jog easy. Went around Eastern Gardens again. And then just recover before I come home today on Monday. So slow, low K week. I think it was like 114 or something. But that was kind of the purpose of it all. Good to be back. Yeah, I reckon
2: that was pretty good. I reckon that was a good run by you, Brady.
0: Yeah, I'll take so, it. Yeah, to be as close to those boys, like Nathan ran twenty nine forty at Zappac, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. He's probably only fitter, yeah. and I think I was like four seconds behind him. So, like, yeah, maybe I'm. I was in.
2: surprised. So, you don't think you would be in sub thirty shape in a good day, not in the middle of a marathon block?
0: Yeah, maybe. I was just—it's just so hard to tell. I guess that was more like I was more confused about doubting my fitness, just confused about the fitness, about exactly where it's at. But I haven't been yeah. doing a lot of sharp stuff like. I've been doing my faster workouts kind of at like 310 pace, not so much. Like I haven't done anything under three-minute pace other than like a couple of strides. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's going to like hurt me to come try to do it for 10K on the track. But um, yeah, it was all right. I think strength is the most important thing. And I think that's why I, when a couple of other people were um falling off, it was just the strength I was relying on just to like stay in contact. And I probably used all my like bickies trying to cover the moves and stay with those two boys out in front. That when it come to the kickdown, I was um I was done.
2: Yeah, you still did a negative split on a warm night, which is yeah pretty rare in a ten k on in the heat. I reckon. Yeah.
1: So put you on the spot, Ellie, and uh, to I guess fuel the Brady versus Moose rivalry. So Brady towels up Moose by thirty seconds over ten k, seven weeks out from Osaka. Does Brady cross the line ahead of Moose in Osaka?
0: He's, he's a 2.14 guy. This is like, I know I can beat him at 10K, but you can't say, oh, do you reckon Brady can beat Killen and Journey at a trail marathon? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Is not, it's a different Moose,
1: event. Is not, Moose is not a 2.14 runner at the moment. He's been doing impressive, more impressive no, workouts than me. he
2: is fit though, yeah. And he is not good at 10Ks or mm. basically, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and I'd I like to think I'm pretty also, okay think... at 10Ks.
2: Yeah, but I actually reckon, Brady, like watching your training that you did leading into this with all those big long runs and I like I actually reckon you're going to go into this fitter than you've ever been for a marathon. So I think you should be able to run a decent PB and I think Julian, if he can – stay healthy the next seven weeks he just his training is going so well like his marathon sessions have been really really good he just needs to not not push it too much like he he just needs to keep going like he's going and not get injured and I think he can run well under 220 as well I actually think you'll be quite similar I Mm don't I don't like he always is very good at performing in marathons like almost above expectation Mm -hmm. I reckon but I Like, I don't know, I reckon you should both be running together.
0: Um, I think we will be. Craig Appleby, Michael Marantelli, half of Australia is doing this race. Hmm. It's going to be a yeah. big pack of us hovering around each other, which will be like comforting. What,
2: yeah. I, I, it's too early to sort of say what kind of pace you're going to run and probably the same for Jules too. But, yeah, I'll be interested to see at the end of the block where you guys put yourselves because I think for Julian, he's a little unsure of where he's at, but his sessions have been really good. Um, but he's probably in like, uh, like an unfamiliar
0: kind of fitness realm. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A lot can happen these next seven weeks too. like just getting over there is a big thing, like being healthy on the start line. Yeah. A lot of marathon yeah. Perhaps you can cook it. Yeah. In these last seven weeks. But anyway, stay tuned. Yeah. You'll be right. You've it. got
2: the strength behind you from the block you did before though.
0: And, and all the hills you've been doing, Brady. All those Colbo hills, Ali. I was talking yeah, to your mum about those. She, she's got a few <laughs> different spots for me. She reckons there's some more hills a bit further down that road. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, no, the one we did was hilly enough, I reckon. Right. Keep running there.
0: Yeah, well, I reckon. Let's thank some Patreon supporters, croaks.
1: All right, I've got Ryan Callahan this week. Uh, Ryan's from Washington in the U.S., uh, District of Columbia, Uh, I think he must have spent a bit of time over in the UK because he's run 15.29 for 5K at the 2022 Battersea Under the Lights 5K. Uh, He ran 33.18 at the 2023 Assics London 10K and 70.30 at last year's Richmond Half. Also, think he went to the Cheltenham High School in Pennsylvania. So thanks for your support, Ryan. And uh, it's always nice to have a, a US Patreon.
0: Yeah, good on you, Ryan. Who you got, Ali? I've got Leah Fitzgerald.
2: So she's from Sandy Beach in New South Wales, which is near Coffs Harbour. She ran 2.46 at the 2022 Berlin Marathon and a week later ran 2.48 in London. Wow, that's pretty bloody impressive. Um, won last year's Cadbury Marathon as well as uh, oh, the sorry, 2022 Newsom Marathon. Yeah, I was going to say otherwise she's been around for <laughs> 20 years. Um, 2022 Noosa marathon. So yeah, winning some domestic marathons over here and two forty six. She's a very high level runner. Um they we think she's a business manager at Southern Cross University. So that's up on the Sunshine Coast, isn't it? Southern Cross?
1: Yeah, I think they have a few different campuses. I think there's one up around Coffs Harbour as well.
2: Oh yeah, Coffs Harbour, yeah, of course. Um I think we when we were up training on the Sunshine Coast Uh, In 2021, we were running at the track at the Southern Cross University there. They have, like, a
0: really nice pool and track and good facilities. She's smart and fast. That's a good job title, business manager. Yeah. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Leah. I'm going to thank Christopher Williams. Pretty sure he's an Aussie living in Rotterdam. So he'll he'll be able to see uh, Calvin Kipton in action in April. He's a business development engineer at BP, as in the petrol station, Croaks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Studied at the University of Melbourne and he did a Master's of Chemical Engineering. Unfortunately, his Strava is locked down, so I'm not sure what kind of uh, PBs he's got, but how good are those job titles? Master's of Chemical Engineering. He'd be a smart guy, Christopher. Mm, Massive thanks for your support. Yeah, and Leah and Ryan. Uh, If you like what we do on this show, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. We have some monthly episodes dropping. Toby and uh, Chris are coming up this week, been talking to them. You're also the um, Road to Osaka series, thanks to Mizuno, which is going to be coming out to the general population. You'll get the uncut version on a Wednesday on Patreon. Everyone else gets it on Saturday. And you also get the video of it. So if you like watching podcasts, um, they're actually recording the video of it now. And you'll also get a private link to be able to watch that. So that's another bit of a bonus there. You also get this show, obviously, early on a Monday night. And, um, yeah, we really appreciate our patrons over there for keeping us alive on the airways. Moose got a haircut on um, Saturday croaks. He looked pretty good. He's getting ready for the live show.
1: How would, you exp- how would you explain his haircut? It
0: looks like Bree had put a bowl on his head and then just, like, hacked at <laughs> the sides of it. He was copping <laughs> a bit of shit in the cool down. People asking him if he knew how old he actually was. I thought it looked alright, but yeah, very bowl cut like.
1: I love how like you you don't rip into Moose at all when he's here, and then I feel like tonight it's just like, oh. all right, Moose is not here, I'm into him. When you when you yeah, when he's not here, you just oh, get if hard. you
2: rip into him, he comes back too hard. It's not worth it. Yeah, so it Better to do it when
1: he's
0: not here. Yeah, <laughs> it was just an observation based haircut, correct? So it wasn't too much, and I like to stand up uh, to to myself when he's on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes Look, some, he's, we've had some good debates.
2: His hair's, his hair's going, so he's got to make the most of these cool young haircuts
0: while he can. Okay, <laughs> right, It's on the way out. Let's go to running news. Crogs. what are you telling us about the Dubai marathon?
1: Yeah, before we get to Dubai, Brady, I think we should um, – I think we dropped the ball a little bit with our awards show last week, um, particularly with performance of the year. I don't think we actually mentioned Ollie Hoare's 329.41 at the Oslo Diamond League, which broke Stewie's Aussie record. Mm,
0: apologies to Ollie Hall if he's listening. Yeah, you record these things, Ali, and then you get people to like proof check them, and then the people don't pick up on it, and then it makes <laughs> me look bad when people don't do their job and, and then actually you get correct something. I only got yeah. one, and it was a polite one. Like, just an hey, FYI, you missed this one. But well, this Ollie got it was Hall, a good it was a, yeah, good, it was was a good, good record. One. But he um, I think because he did that and then got injured and then pretty much missed the whole year. Yeah. He just like he was not even on my radar that that actually happened last year, and coming yeah. off the highs of um, of uh, yeah the year before in the Commonwealth Games win. There was also yeah. a little comment about like Katrina Bissett going under the radar, not rate, rating her as high as we um some people yeah thought we should have
1: for consistency. Did she I think.
0: break yeah.
2: her own record again?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she did. did. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: um, but it was
0: more like her like she dominated domestically, and then like her Diamond League record was actually pretty good as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, but then she, world
0: champs. I don't know where did she get through the semis at the world champs, croaks or go out in the she, heats.
1: Oh, I think she may have made the semis. Yeah, yeah, okay. not didn't make it to the final. Um, but a yeah, maybe next final, year, Brady,
0: harder final to make. It only goes to eight people that final. Yeah,
1: it does, yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe next year, Brady, we just need to go on a boys trip the week before and um, lock ourselves in a room and go Study through all it. the stats.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, because that was yeah, because even like his run was twelve hundred and fifty three. Uh, World Athletics points, which was more than both Lyndon and Kai's positive Ka. records for the year. So, you know, you could argue that that was almost the was before the year, the year yeah. statistically. Um, and yeah, then
0: 329. Had... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we missed that one. But we'll get better. We'll work on ourselves and we'll um, better ourselves yeah. for
1: 2024. But we'll go to the Dubai Marathon. And the reason I added this to the agenda was there was a couple of people on debut that ran uh, pretty impressive races. So in the women's, uh, Tix Katema. Um, from Ethiopia. She ran 216.07. And what was interesting about her, almost similar to the other tigst uh, t- t- who holds the world record, was that she was predominantly a middle distance runner. It was like an 800, 1500-metre specialist and had never competed in anything longer than 10K before this marathon. So, yeah, to run 216.07 on yeah. d- debuts, pretty impressive. Um, Rudy Ager was second, 218.09, and Dira Dida, was third in two nineteen twenty nine, um, in the men's Adisu Gabina from Ethiopia. He's only nineteen. He ran two oh five. Um, yeah, on debut to win. Nineteen. He's nineteen.
2: That's
1: crazy. Yeah, yeah. And so what's interesting about him is he's the nephew of that Ruti Aga who finished second in the women's race. And he started out started out in athletics as a javelin thrower. <laughs> <What was this? laughs> yeah, it was it was on the World Athletics write up today and I'm like I have got to add this because that how many distance runners do you know that started in javelin?
0: Especially That's in crazy. Ethiopia. Yeah.
1: yeah That's crazy. Um yeah, so let me was second 20520 and Dejane uh, McGursa was third in 20542. Um yeah, so that 19 year old who won prior to today or prior to this race his only known performance was a third-place finish at the Delhi Half Marathon three months ago. Yeah, he ran 60-51. So, quite unknown, yeah. So they're two names to keep an eye out for. I would love someone to tell me the answer to this.
0: Why do Ethiopia pretty much dominate Dubai every year? Have you ever noticed
1: that? Yeah, didn't didn't isn't it something about the holiday periods that ah uh, um, maybe yeah. I, I remember hearing something where like Kenyans do sort of have a bit of a quieter period and that's like a celebration towards the end of the year. Yeah, could whereas be that. maybe Ethiopia don't and they train. Like yeah, I did hear something like that. I don't know whether it's true or not. Hmm. Okay. Often
2: they they
1: like often there
2: seems to be some relatively unknown people run really fast in that Dubai one too, doesn't yeah,
0: there? Yeah,
1: yeah. What about Ethiopia though? Like, you know, for years and years it was almost like Kenya was sort of the the main powerhouse. But I feel like Ethiopia now, uh, across a lot of those distance events, like from five K up, have a lot of the better the better athletes.
2: Yeah, depth as well, mm-hmm. like there's so many.
0: Yeah. What did um Bikili run at um Valencia? Uh so you gonna go to the Olympics as quicker than this guy, yeah he will be uh, a chance, won't he?
2: No, nah, there'd be others that have run.
0: Oh yeah, they got Tola as well. And... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, two o four nineteen. Yeah. Jeez, rough, rough, they isn't it?
2: Often, um, well, Kenya often announce their team relatively early. That's probably they've that's shortlisted
0: not far it. Off. I reckon they announced, like a team of ten people. Okay. Yeah, because they left off someone. It was pretty good. Remember, I put that in the group chat a couple of weeks ago, Crocs.
1: Yeah, you did. I don't um, who it was,
0: but it was got I think he won. Did he win Boston or yeah, something like that? It was
1: good. Yeah.
0: Can't think of it off the top of my head. Surf Coast track meet, this happened. The five K was first up. Jake Stevens got the win there, fifteen fifteen. Liam Hanrahan was second in fifteen nineteen. Liam Werrett third, fifteen twenty-one. First female was Melissa Duncan in fifteen fifty-eight. The ten K Alex Harvey got the win in thirty-eighteen. Nate Stoat second, thirty-twenty-one. And the first female was Ali Pashley in thirty two fifty seven.
2: What about you, mate? Baby? It's like, well, okay, I, I you said my. I was on. third, guys.
0: That's what I was thinking. We have a lap to go. i like <laughs> stay in third so I can mention myself. No, like I to, I recounted that before that I was third in thirty twenty five. So you don't need to say that twice. So um, yeah, that was what. What was the reflections on the meet, alley? We're seeing a lot of these um, probably smaller club run meets start up. We saw like the Collingwood Classic, and they like athletes. Essen have taken the um the B-grade Zatapec, which it used to be called to make that a good opportunity for people race. Richmond Harriers have got their 5K. You guys are obviously trying the same thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think they got really good feedback. Um, I mean, the events filled up really quickly. So there's so much demand for these uh, nighttime long-distance meets that are purely, you know, the 5Ks and 10Ks. yeah good weather nice like relaxed start line area which isn't always the case at these events um yeah I think it was good I reckon last year there were maybe a few more spectators um but that might have just been like last year I think they sort of talked about it in the Geelong Advertiser and things before so yeah like that that time of year can be a little bit tricky too but I think um I think everybody had heaps of fun that did it and I think Um, Matt Gunther did a really good job of organising it He, yeah And some of the other guys from Surf Coast Track Club Helped him out with, you know, barbecue and things like that So I think um, they got some good feedback And then, yeah, they're pretty keen to keep it going And keep making it better each year So,
0: yeah, it was good It's good, really relaxed feel Croaks, you can come down next year, I reckon You can do that race that you're an ambassador for Down um, the Roo Run and then stick around and do this
1: but that's actually what was, that's what's at the back of my mind. He's like, that's what I want to get fit for is next year's Surf Coast um, track meet. Yeah, let's do it.
2: Do you know Julian's the race director for Roo Run next year as well?
1: Yeah, oh, that, yeah no, he told us last week that we have to come down for it.
2: Yeah, you should. It's pretty fun.
1: <laughs> Didn't sound fun when he described the course. <laughs>
2: Oh, the course is really hard, but, yeah. yeah.
1: It doesn't
0: it's, sound fun. <laughs> it's a fun night. There's uh, heaps
2: of good – like, this time of year down here, because there's so many people down on holidays, like, a lot of the towns have fun runs and, yeah. I mean, there's just, in areas, you never see anyone out running and there's people everywhere running. It's, like, good – um, lots of fit, healthy people around, so it's good.
0: That's good. Cadbury um, Marathon Alley.
2: Have Cadbury been. Marathon, yep. So uh, the winner was – Wayne Spice, who seems to win marathons left, right and centre around Australia. So he ran 2.31. Toby Sparks was second, 2.35. And Ben McCronin, third in 2.37. The women's race, Nikki Curry won in 2.55. Carly Isaac was second in 3.17. And Kerry Hodge, third in 3.20. Um, half marathon, Michael Marantelli, 70.59. Aaron Harvey, 71.43, and Peter Davison, 71.47. Millie Clark won the women's race, 82.15. Mel Daniels was second in 86.22, and Kylie Smith was third in 95.36. And we, we were discussing off-air, was there a bit of um, controversy, long course?
0: Yeah. I think the bike riders took on the wrong way going by Nick Earls Strava, and they may have ran 22k. So, probably take, yeah, yeah three that minutes. That would explain the yeah, last three, three being and a bit... half minutes. And mm. it's
2: not a fast course anyway, Cabri is it? It's fairly hilly and challenging.
0: Fast yeah. course if you're fit, I reckon. I remember Liam Adams ran like 62 there one year. Did he? Yep. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. He, um, he always. Blinder.
2: He ran 62 on that Sydney half marathon course as well, which is yeah. not fast.
0: But you know what I mean, yeah. like, if you're an animal and you're super fit, I reckon those hills, you can kind of smash it down them as well and you can just yeah. fly on that course.
1: Yeah, we anyway. right. um, uh, yeah, have got... got next, Crooks? Yeah, so thanks to Dave Tarbottom. He often sort of sends us emails on the Monday with uh, stuff that's been happening around the world. So just, um, yeah, a couple of bits and pieces here. The Alpha Fly 3 was released uh, last week and within two minutes, the whole supply on their website was sold out. Uh, and some have since advertised the shoe for resale with one on eBay at like seven hundred and forty six dollars. So that came from the, the Daily Mail. Did uh you get a pair of Brady?
0: No, I didn't, but I saw a pair at Moose's shop on Saturday. They look good. Um I've got my name on the waiting list there. Didn't so, help
1: Moose too much, did it, on uh on Saturday night? Nah. But it, yeah. Nah,
2: I, he reckons they're awesome though. He's been wearing them in his um, marathon sessions. Mm,
0: yeah. And... yeah, but our, yeah. all the influencers reckon they're awesome because they get them for free. <laughs> see if they're going to say bad words about them. Yeah. It's but... an interesting like, shoe because like I remember, um who was it making his chapter guy at Valencia? Like didn't have him on. And like mm. a lot of like, the US guys, they still go, I'm interested to see what they go over at the US trials. Like a, a lot of people seem to avoid the Alpha Phi 2. Like, I know Galen Rupp and Connor Mance, the U.S. Marathon, is still where the Alpha Fly One. And it's like a lot of their guys also wear, like, the Vaporfly 2 and they don't go for the 3. And it's like, if it was that good, surely their, like, top dogs are all in it.
1: That baffles me, seeing, like, guys like um, guy running Valencia in the Vaporfly 2. like well, Tom Mugliano to
0: that... ran, they were saying the Shoe Geeks, he ran in the Vaporfly 1 at Valencia.
1: Oh, see, I think the Vaporfly One was actually a really good shoe. It was a bit, it was a bit softer, and I feel yeah. like it was a bit, it was a bit bouncier. Whereas the two feels a bit more like just a traditional racing flat, where you can feel the ground underneath you. Um, I haven't run in the three, but surely like three yeah. feels more like the one. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. So to me, the the two seems to be the worst of the three, and chapter guys wearing that <laughs> in Valencia. Yeah. different so.
2: people have different preferences, though. Like yeah. you know how. Sure. You, you do often hear that with all the different models like and maybe maybe um chapter guy doesn't like alpha flies and that's why he didn't mm. wasn't wearing the alpha fly threes um where whereas i think well i think from what jules was saying is they're a little more similar to the vapor fly like they may be somewhere in between so people that originally hated alpha flies and liked vapor flies maybe might like these a bit Mm -hmm. more you said that
0: on shoe geeks as well i think
2: oh did he yeah Yeah.
1: and maybe and maybe those like traditional track runners as well are so used to like having you know feeling the road underneath them or having something yeah whereas you jump in those real squishy shoes and maybe doesn't feel as natural
0: yeah Um, they've kind of like is there any other brand that has two like top level super shoes though
2: like, you know uh, what i mean like it's asics almost like an extra option of this? well
1: asics have like the sky and the edge the edge isn't that super though is it but it's still classed as it like a super is it? Shoe? yeah
0: okay yeah whereas it feels like nike roll out two like 10 out of 10 super shoes and it's like you're just spoil for choice which then gets people talking about why you're wearing one and not the other one but they're both great shoes just the options yeah. they've yeah
2: yeah, it's yeah. interesting that they've obviously just got enough money to pump into developing
0: two well, different shoes. I could could have got this wrong. But didn't Kip you want the Alpha Fly? He uh, wanted, I don't he, know,
2: did he want AirPods he, or something? Yeah, yeah,
0: I think so. Wasn't that, because that was the break and two shoe at Ineos. He was in that yeah. white and pink one. Yeah. I
2: just like when you go to a race now, though, and not every single person's wearing Vaporflies. Like it's. It's good. There are actually people wearing Asics and New Balance and Adidas and different shoes. Like it there was a period there where you know, at least 9 out of 10 people were wearing mm.
0: Nike. Did this like remind you though of early um like next percent days where you have to really do your homework to get a get your hands on a pair? And it could, you know what I mean? Like it's an arms race again. It's just like, oh, you should yeah. just go to Nike.com and buy a pair and get it delivered to your house or go to your retail or whatever. Now it's like, it's like, oh, you've got to be in the know to have this pair and it could be an unfair advantage if you can't get them.
1: I feel like that's always the way, though, when something's first released. Like Even when the um, Vaporfly 3, I reckon there was may- maybe not quite as scarce as the Alphafly 3, but it was still like you know, probably initially hard to get your hands on. But then you give it a few months and then – the market seems to be flooded, and you jump on, you know, the Nike website, and you can easily order a pair of the threes now. Yeah. So, whether that happens with the Alpha Fly threes, I've got a feeling that within a few months you'll be able to get a hand, get your hands on a pair of Alpha Fly threes. Yeah. Okay. Do you
2: think it's like a marketing thing?
1: Possibly, Small, yeah. Small
2: release get people desperate for them. Big yeah. release,
1: yeah. one hundred percent. I reckon.
0: Okay. Yeah. Good shoe chat. Call us the shoe geeks from now on. Uh, another person <laughs> has left Bowman Track Club, Courtney Fredericks. Have I said that right? Fred Fredericks. Fredericks. Fredericks, who won silver medal at the uh, Olympics and the World Championships in the 3,000 metre steeple, has announced that she has left the Bowman Track Club. She's going forward. She'll be coached by Alistair and Amy Cragg, mm-hmm. who is uh, Pat Tiernan's coach. Yep. Can't mm-hmm. be too many left there, Bowman. They seem to be dropping pretty, um, pretty quickly.
1: It's interesting as well because isn't isn't Alistair and Amy's group predominantly like Puma? Yeah. And I'm guessing guessing Courtney's staying with Nike?
2: Yeah, apparently she's staying with Nike, so she's not part of their Puma Elite team, but they're still coaching her. So I don't know if they're coaching her remotely or if she's moving because aren't they based in North Carolina or something?
1: Mm. Yeah, they are, yep.
2: So I'm not sure whether it's going to be remote or whether she's going to move over there. But I wonder what happens with that, like if she can train with the group or if it's
1: mm.
2: – yeah. I was listening to a podcast with another girl who's coached by them the other day though and their training sounds really good. Like it's, it's – well, to be honest, it sounds <laughs> – when I say good, it sounds a little similar to the way that we do things. Um, Like sort of real strength endurance style, big um, – Big volume, steady long runs, stuff like that, rather than um like and sessions less frequently, so lots of easy days between higher volume workouts.
1: Yeah. Which I, I remember
2: hearing Pat talking about Zadapek and how he wasn't sure how he was gonna go because of because his training's been a lot different mm-hmm. and much more kind of, yeah, strength
0: endurance based. So it's interesting. Do we know if Pat's confirmed for Houston this weekend, Crux?
1: I don't know cuz the only press release I saw from Houston was to do more with the half mm. with like Helen O'Beary running and and Galen Rupp. Yeah. because um, he was going to yeah. a marathon
0: in Jan, wasn't
1: he? Well, that's the one I like I thought it was Houston when he said Jan, because what other that's what other what major had. marathons are in January? Yeah. Um
0: well,
1: and Dubai. it
2: makes yeah. didn't do that, so. but it,
1: make, it makes sense for him to do it. Like doesn't really have to travel um yeah, I wouldn't be I, yeah, as, as long as he's in one piece, I'm I'm guessing that's the one he's going to do, but I haven't yeah, I haven't seen it confirmed anywhere. This time next yeah. week we might be talking about it. Yeah, hopefully.
2: Oh hopefully. Well, hopefully he is. That'll be yeah, it'll be interesting. Like the men's marathon team's gonna be yeah, quite interesting for Australia. it might be a bit different like, than the women's how many well it'll be different to the women's. It'll be like how many yeah, how many can they actually get? In that you know can they get
0: three or is it gonna be two or is it just going to be Brett who knows has anyone done the um, recent search on where Liam is I'll do that now Correct yeah right so here. he's
1: outside and yeah he's outside the 65 oh, I had he the before he's like he's like 66 or 67 so oh, no. have you have you got your head around that Ellie because I've got it up here in front of me it's it seems really bizarre so any athlete that's ranked higher than 65th on the field of quoted places um, on the road to Paris website by the 30th of January will be considered qualified. So for example, if, so if, if Liam was inside the top 65, he would be qualified, which means Australia then definitely has two spots available. Um, But then what I found interesting was that any, any NOC may choose to reallocate a quota place to an unqualified athlete provided the athlete in the qualification window has achieved at least a 2.11.30 or 2.29.30 for women.
0: Ah, so that's what they were saying about the US trials because they were saying as long as the winners at the US trials run under 2.11.30, they're in. And I was like, no, the time's 2.08. Yeah,
1: that that makes sense. sense. Yeah, because they'll have their quota of three people potentially and then,
2: yeah. Yeah, they were – they've only got, I think, in the men, two that have – got the auto time so they're relying on someone to be in that top 65 mm. someone else for them to actually have three spots and then i think they basically so the two guys that ran the time that actually means nothing yeah. to them like they they've opened up two spots but they still have to come top two or potentially top three mm. to get selected otherwise yeah yeah it's not given to them so yeah i think it would it would technically mean it like That Athletics Australia would have discretion to pick whoever, if they've got three spots opened up or two or whatever.
1: So, like they Um, could, um, they could dump, you know, Liam, even though Liam's the one that's in the quota for Andy, because Andy's run under two eleven thirty. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But I mean,
2: Athletics (laughs) Australia—they're not going to—they're not going to do that. No, no. Like they're not going to do something
0: really controversial like that. Well, Liam's also ran well under two eleven thirty. Hey, yeah, Liam's
1: run. What it does do, though, it does um, open up the door for guys like Andy that, let's say Liam was inside the quota but got injured and couldn't run, then guys that haven't, you know, been inside the quota or haven't even run the time but have run under 2.11.30 can still go to the Olympics. Yeah,
2: yeah, which is really good because the time's so fast. Like I think that's what they're trying to do with putting the time so fast that then they're – You know, allowing those extra spots to be made up by other people. And they're obviously giving, they're obviously trying to give the um, governing bodies from each country a little bit of power, I guess, as well, rather than it just being based off world athletics rankings.
1: What are you confused
0: about, Brady? So sorry, 80 people entry number and Liam's in 66. So he's still good, isn't he? Well.
2: Yes, but that's, it's got up until, he's got up until May.
1: Yeah, but he's still got 14 spots up his AD, sleeve. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if he was inside the top 65 at the end of January, it doesn't matter what happens after that, he's, he's, oh. he's qualified. But You're that okay. doesn't
2: necessarily mean I AA
1: would has him. to pick him. Yeah. Yeah. They can pick anybody as long as they've too, run under
2: 211.30. Yeah.
0: But then if you put Ali in this same situation and they <laughs> yeah. pick the team and Ali hasn't got to run a marathon yet. Do you know yeah. What I mean? If we I did, when I
2: first saw the when I first saw the criteria, so this was actually when I was injured. When it, I don't know if it came out or if that was when I first read it. And I did. I had a moment of, oh, so AA could technically actually pick the team then, if they wanted. And I knew that by then I wouldn't have run a marathon. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: So, but I don't. I think Athletics Australia won't do that. I think they'll wait the qualifying period and then. 100%. select
0: the team yeah 100% yeah, they should yeah
2: but like they if they wanted to they could do that
0: yeah because Sinead's 17th Jen's 28th Lisa's 29th
2: yeah so they could go we've got three in the top 30 already let's just take those three which maybe if the, yeah like if there was a huge
1: gap they have to document that though but they won't do that well, so they'll yeah, wait until the know. period ends and then they'll pick the three fast yeah, it's so the 5th of May yeah. it's a long time between yeah. the end of Jan
0: to 5th of May
2: yeah, that's what they normally do. And I think they would you'd think they would tell people if they were gonna pick it earlier than that. Mm, yeah. Um it is yeah, it is confusing. And then so I wonder also what happens. If more than eighty run the automatic time.
1: Yeah. Will they, they increase the field size? Yeah, they they will, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. yeah didn't they, yeah, they yeah, will. That's what yeah. they did at Tokyo. Yeah, because you can have, like you can't like yeah, I don't think you can kick people off if they've run the time. It yeah. wouldn't be It's met- only yeah. yeah, the
2: ranking spots that then
0: yeah. are gone. No, no, but I'm yeah. I'm saying they kick the people who are the ranked. They keep putting the people in who have hit that two hundred eight ten. But if yeah, you, yeah, yeah, but at no, least they take no if... ranking positions anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Would, would they also increase the number? So say ninety five people have run the automatic time. That will they then allow ninety five yep. on the start line as opposed to cutting it at eighty, and then people that have run the auto
0: time miss out. No, I reckon they go to they if they have to go to one hundred and twenty of run the time, they let one hundred and twenty
1: run. But the problem is, I guess, because it's the Olympics, they've only got so many beds and stuff like that with all oh, the I other sports. The that's, that's where it becomes an issue. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. That's, yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, because there's not many events I mean, where there's that many the individuals.
2: Times are so, the times are so fast that you'd think if they go over, it's not going to be by a huge amount, but mm. particularly mm. the men's.
0: Yeah. Jeez. Although
2: already nearly 80 have run it. so.
0: Well, how many would still have to go again, though? Look, like if, you, if you're not already on that list and don't already have a time or a ranking, do you reckon there's many, like, I guess, this Tix, Katima, who just ran 216, the female, was a new name? But there can't be that many new names that haven't got their name on there yet to still go around. Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, but the ones that the names there could potentially run faster and, and make the actual run the time. Like, maybe at the moment they're qualified by the... By points,
0: Yeah, I reckon there's a lot of Africans who can do that, but I don't think there would, which doesn't mm. matter because they're only taking top three, but how many like, I don't know, English, Spanish, New Zealand, like guys who are in that same category as Liam who are trying to jump up would be new to
1: that list? Well, it depends maybe how many um, how many marathons between now and the qualification period have like additional points allocated. Mm. You know, for example, like the like Ocean is big for us. You get a massive amount of points. Are there, are there any other marathons around the world that are, like, area championships that get, I don't know, extra points. Yeah, that haven't been yet, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, Is Liam going again, assuming
0: he would be? Does anyone know? Don't know. Nothing in the Whisper inbox about that either. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't Mm -hmm. heard anything. Yeah, surely, because he went pretty quick for Berlin, didn't he?
1: Yeah. Backed up. I reckon he would have another crack, just especially if he's not going to be automatically qualified at 30 Jan. Um. Yeah. yeah. But which one he does I'm not sure mm. um, uh, Okay. last bit of news Brady the 2023 track and field news merit rankings uh, we had a couple of Aussie distance runners in the rankings Kat Bissett was the highest she was 7th and that's the first Australian woman ranked in the 800 metres for 49 years since Charlene Rendina in 1974 and Jess Hull was 8th which is her second consecutive ranking and her highest place so Good work to those two girls. Oh, does
2: this go against your um, awards Mm. too?
0: Uh, We set our Mm. own criteria, Uh, Jet. We're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we do what we want over here at the Inside Round Podcast. Listener question, Croaks. This is a good one for the physio on the show.
1: Yeah. So it comes from Peter Sobol. I'd be interested in finding out how you guys were able to recognise a niggle from a serious injury.
0: Mm, That's a good question. question. What do you do, Ellie? How do you know?
2: Well, it's, it can be very difficult. Um, like, t- to be honest, and this is probably sounds silly coming from a physio, but I, I think the best thing you can do is go and see someone early. Like early assessment is kind of how you can stop a niggle from turning into a serious injury. Um, and, you know, it's, we can you can guess, but really until you see someone or until you get a scan, uh, you don't really know what's going on so that would be what I would do in any case but like it it can be really tricky to tell like my um my bone stress injury that I had in my femur in September it it felt like a niggle it was not that painful it was only that it had a few uh sort of red flags for bone that made me stop running and get it scanned so early but if probably if I wasn't a physio I wouldn't have done that and I would have kept running because it wasn't bad enough to to not run on so I think that's where yeah seeing someone early is the best thing you can do because there are some injuries like a in particularly bone stress that sometimes in the early stages it it doesn't feel very bad at all but it can very quickly go from uh, something that's mild to an injury that's going to put you out for you know 10 weeks 12 weeks so
0: there are some there are certain
2: things you can look for but
0: yeah and it would significantly get worse to so them put you out for that period of time? Or would it stay that kind of, like, dull, you know? Like, I guess the question is, like, I get a lot of niggles, which I don't even talk about on the show, because they're, like, one out of ten things, and I feel like I just jog through them, and then two weeks later, it's not an issue anymore. Or I do some, like, you know, some little physio activities, or, um, yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah. trying to say? Like, do yeah, the warning yeah. like, signs get, get or... more as it goes? Is that what you know yeah. do between an injury and a an niggle?
2: So if you're running all the time, you're going to have sore spots yeah. all the time. I think when it when something persists for more than a couple of days in a row, like you're going to, you know, one day you might be running and your calf's a bit tight, the next day your hips a bit tight. If you have the same thing and it sort of seems to persist, say for two or three days, or it gets worse, that's when you go and see someone. Um, pain that gets worse as the run goes on i think is also something you need to be careful of like um that can be more indicative of like a a muscle strain or a bony thing often like a tendony thing, will warm up and then it might get sore once you stop but as the run goes on it sometimes gets better and they're the they're the niggles that you can sometimes run through Mm -hmm. again i would still see someone for a little bit of guidance around that and you know how to manage it um so that you can keep running but yeah, bone like big red flags that um you you don't run through, I reckon is like pain on impact uh when you're running that you then don't have outside of running. That that can be sometimes a bony thing. Uh night pain, like an ache that you get at night when you're in bed. Um what are some other kind of bony signs? sometimes once a bone stress injury progresses you have pain all the time walking around and everything but yeah i think i think the two big early ones are a pain that gets worse as the run goes on or comes on as soon as you start running and then doesn't settle at all and then night a
0: night ache can i ask you about the night ache thing like i've Mm -hmm. had that like op before and it's like the same thing like first 200 meters you feel it and then you don't feel it for the next like 30k but then you'll be sleeping, you'll wake up during the night and you're like, oh, my like groin is like, my pelvis is like sore. So yeah. why does it come on at night? And then you won't feel it like, you know, for a couple of days or like walking around the house, but it's constantly waking up in the night and you're like, oh, that's a bit, a bit tight.
2: Well, often with OP you have, there is a bony element to it. Like often you have a little bit of bone edema at the attachment of your ab muscle or your adductor muscle. So sometimes that might actually mean there is a little bit of bony involvement. Sometimes with inflammatory things you do get a bit sore at night. Like if you've been lying there still for ages and then you go to roll over. Ah, oh, it's a stiffness side um, of things. Yeah, it's like an inflammatory thing that when you, once you stop it sort of stiffens up and a bit of inflammation comes in and then when you go to move it's sore. But once you, if you got up then and walked around the house for a bit it might settle down. So it can be still soft tissue in those scenarios. But I think if you were lying still in bed and you had like a dull ache sort of in around your pubic bone area that was just there and you weren't moving, that can often be a sign of bone stress.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. see Pat Arnold, your mate, tomorrow. Yeah,
2: yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I when I got my... Um,
0: when I had my
2: MRI for my hip, I had bone stress in my pubic bone, which is like OP stuff. Yeah. So there's like a difference as well. If you if we all went and got in an MRI scanner and scanned our whole bodies, things would show up that are completely asymptomatic <laughs> and that aren't a problem, you know, because when you run that much, you've constantly got inflammation somewhere and little bits of bone stress, little bits of tendinopathies and stuff going on. So it's just... I think it's just being guided by your symptoms and if something's persisting you know for more than a few days or it's getting worse um, it, when things are getting better you don't need to worry about them too much but if it's getting worse or it's not getting better every time you run then just go and see someone and get it checked out and sometimes I think physios and health care practitioners can be a little reluctant to scan just because of all the other stuff that can show up, but I I think it's as a long distance runner, just push for a scan because you might have to you might have to fork out a bit of money for an MRI. But if you know exactly what's going on from the start, it's just so much easier to um, manage it properly and also stop it from getting worse. So often, you know, something might appear to be a tendon or something else, but there's some underlying bone stress too and people think they can keep running through it and then it gets much worse. So so push for a scan if you can afford it because, yeah, I think there's been like a lot of evidence around people um, seeing things on scans and then, you know, it manifesting into something even though it's asymptomatic. But if a runners don't, we're not going to worry about other stuff that shows up. We just want to know, you know, what it is that's causing our particular symptoms so that we can get on top of it and get back to running.
0: Yeah, right. Good answer. Croak, so you got over your Achilles from last week? Yeah so, example.
1: yeah, so for me, like one thing would be as well, like a bit of experience, like if you've had certain niggles before and they're the ones that you're familiar with and know how to manage, like for me, for example, um, like Achilles, it's like, okay, most mornings I hop out of bed and my Achilles are really stiff. And so if I had to run down the hall straight out of bed, it would be really uncomfortable. But I know that once it warms up for the day, I don't have any issues like even once i've finished my warm-up i can do strides and i don't feel my achilles at all so i feel like that's something that i can continue to run with but then last week i was having like continuous sort of achilles pain during the day after the session i'm like well that's different i, I need to respect that a little bit more and so i took a day off and then I, I was fine same sort of thing with like tib post because i've had it so often i know that you know a day off running on a level, an even surface, some massage deep into my calf, um, some anti-inflammation, ice, I can sort of manage it. Um, but something like a calf strain, like, you know, it comes on quickly. It means you can't run. Like, it affects your stride. So that's a big thing for me. It's like if I have to start favouring, like, one side, then, you know, that's, that's an injury because yeah. you're, like, you're likely to do damage to something else because you're favouring that sore spot. So if I can't run with proper gait, then that's that's an injury, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's actually really good advice, I think, because sometimes people do that—they run through something because they can, but they're hobbling along and then they end up sore somewhere else.
0: Good answers, guys. Well done. That's it. Uh, do you want to whisper? <laughs> yeah. Big name Australian female marathoner to do Ballarat Marathon. Heard anything about this?
1: Oh. Got an email. No, the other no day. but can we guess? Is that your is that your backup Ellie for Osaka? Not Ellie, not Ellie. <laughs> I actually,
2: I actually have done some course analysis of Ballarat. That's really funny, that just isn't it? Crossed my mind. 130 meters, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. It's like it's nice weather. I think it was less than Melbourne. Yeah. Is that right?
0: Yeah. It
2: is. And this is going to hurt Canberra April. marathon Croaks.
1: Uh yeah. yes. I think it's three weeks. Three weeks after, maybe. Yeah, it's one or the other. Yeah.
2: Ballarat, the thing will be the weather.
0: Yeah, cool. It could be really good, or it could be really bad. Well, you know it's going to be cold. You just don't want it windy. Two, yeah, two lap course. But yeah, that was in my inbox, but we'll wait for the announcement so we don't. Keep Can it we away. guess who it is? Mm. I reckon you'd know because if yeah, potentially. Yeah. Do you no, know? No, I
2: don't. I've actually got no idea, but I just want to guess. Oh, who? Millie Clark.
0: No, bigger name.
2: Bigger marathoner.
0: Yep. Sinead diver. I can't answer any more questions.
2: No, it's not Sinead.
0: (laughs) Isn't it? Brady thinks it is. My (laughs) inboxes is telling me it is. Sinead! Supposedly, yeah. This comes from a very good source as well, but just act surprised when it gets announced a bit later on.
1: I'm going to be straight on to
0: WhatsApp. Can I I take Moose on the loose as well, Crow? Is that all right?
1: Yeah, I I like this. As I said, Moose is not here. Go for it. I just, yeah.
0: People (laughs) who put photos of their kids on Strava to try and get extra kudos on their runs. (laughs) It's just cheap kudos. Um, stop using your children like that. If your kids can't talk or walk or like, don't give permission to be on social media and Strava and stuff, Strava in particular, like put your kids on Facebook, put them on Instagram, put them on Twitter, you know, put them on your Facebook family pages, things like that, but keep them off Strava.
2: Yeah, he knows.
0: Maybe the occasional he, one. too, doesn't yeah. he? If you've got a cute kid, don't use them for kudos. And it's always on impressive <laughs> workouts people do it. It's not just moose. Other people do it. And it's always when they're just like, hey, here's an impressive workout, but he's also my cute kid. So I'm winning in two aspects of life.
2: <laughs> Who else does it? Call them out.
0: Nah, I'm not gonna call. I don't call out people in this segment. But, yeah, I just noticed a bit of a trend coming up. Too many children I'm seeing on
1: Strava. Good to see you finally got off the fence after three hundred and twenty-three episodes, Brady. Come out swinging tonight. Hey, another serious one
0: though. This I could come out swim with this as well because I don't know how to how to handle it. When people comment on your weight when you're skinnier, is that acceptable?
2: Yeah. So I've I. I've got an opinion
0: on this. Yeah. Because a couple of people comment on my Strava just saying like, mm. you know, super lean or 55 kilos. And I've, I've had issues where my weight has been like a bit like dangerously um, skinny in the past. Like I've got down to 54 kilos and my sports doc was like, this is affecting your testosterone. You need to get out. Like, I'm really trying to like be at 60 kilos at the moment. And like my recent weigh-in was like 59 kilos. So like it's something I think about and try to keep on as much weight as possible. And then I'm like, I probably wouldn't go on someone's Strava if they were a bit bigger and comment on it and say, "Geez, looking a bit exactly, uh, looking a bit swollen in that photo." But um, it seems to be okay for people I know and I don't know to comment on my weight, and I'm just like, "Where's yeah. the line there?"
1: I was going to comment that you, you know, give that man a burger because you definitely look lean, and I'm like, I guess black black is slimming. I was willing, me, but That's
2: I, offensive. That right? is. Yeah. Would you say to a fat person? take a burger away from them
1: no i know yeah i know it can be seen seen as offensive yeah
0: especially when the the photo like i'm actually working on my weight and i'm in a good position with it so you're making the joke that i like have got an eating disorder whereas i'm like actually putting a lot of attention into eating and putting weight on
1: so what do you weigh at the moment
0: 59 kilos really yep okay that's what i was last thursday before i left But, yeah, I'll get on the scales after this and take a photo for you.
2: You're, like, a small – like, you are You would have been lean your whole life even before you ran, I'm guessing.
0: Oh, yeah, a couple of rough years through uni, sinking beers and stuff. alley, probably got out of 65, (laughs) skateboarding. We all had
2: a blowout. We all had a blowout. And that's okay at
0: that time in your life.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, but I agree because I find it – I reckon people think it's okay to tell Mm. skinny people that they're too skinny. And say it in a negative way, but if you – did the reverse to a fat person, it would not be acceptable, but I don't understand why it's different.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. You know you know what my parents used to say to me when, when they used to see me and give me a hug? Look at you, you're, you're a waste of good food. Skin and bone, stuff like that.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, my, like, uncles and stuff are always telling me to eat some pies and all sorts of stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I think it's maybe, maybe the talk around it's changing a bit, but – yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just an observation. I said to Carla driving home, I'm like, is this odd that people comment this mm. in 2024?
1: I think, like, I think it's, yeah, I don't think it's appropriate to comment. And, like, your justification for to those people is, like, the amount that you run per week, like, you wouldn't get away. If you had serious issues with your eating oh. and your weight, yeah. you wouldn't be able to do it. You, I would you have would had 10 stresses. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, exactly. yeah, year on year, you're running 7,000 plus Ks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, which you, don't, you can't do if you're really malnourished.
0: Yeah,
2: and that's the other thing I think people assume. Oh, yeah, like Brady's skinny; he mustn't eat very much. We and had people this like, after the probably... race, Ellie. Yeah,
0: do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like yeah, we're literally <laughs> eating junk food, which is a good thing yeah. I think for post-races to be like yeah, but people sitting there going, "Oh, you're probably having celery for lunch." <laughs> yeah, exactly. green smoothie. <laughs> anyway, yeah. let me know you comment. Like I'm instant, yeah, interested to hear what the listeners think about that because I'm just like, where are we at with those conversations? Mm. But anyway, that's it. Keep your kids off Strava. Don't comment on people's weight. Uh, what's going up, Krogs?
1: Uh Bit of training. Actually, we're heading down the coast next Sunday for like four four nights down to like Malool Bay, near Batemans Bay. So that'll be nice. Oh, nice. Just, the, just the family, yeah.
2: I lived there for a bit, Brad.
1: Did you? Malool Bay? Yeah. Lovely area. Me and Joe bought a
2: little shack and sort of renovated it. Now, when I look back at the re- renovation we did, it's kind of funny.
1: No, that's why um, I used to see your name at like Bre- on the, some of the browley um, Strava records or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, bit running at browley yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, because it's terrible to run anywhere mm. except basically that section.
1: Yeah,
2: I used to get like abused or the- if I ran on the road, cars abuse it was yeah i didn't i didn't enjoy running there really but
1: yes south it's, coast a ni- in- it's
2: a really nice little beach yeah.
1: south coast of new south wales are not real there's not a real strong running culture there and uh yeah you do cop heaps of abuse um yeah yeah uh
0: precision hydration review next week croaks so uh,
1: we yeah well, over the next coming month so they're sort of sponsoring the next month's worth of shows but we are getting some um, product to test out on our long runs Looking um forward to that and we're also going to have some uh friends of the brand so like, i guess people that are sponsored by precision hydration coming on and um the founder i believe to answer some questions about fueling
0: uh also congratulations to our garmin winner croaks kate goanna on instagram that got drawn today she picked herself up a new garmin 965 Worth worth a thousand dollars. Thanks to all the people that entered that. What else is coming up? Road to Osaka. I said that before. Patreon Wednesday. Everyone else on Saturday. Shoe Geeks also going out to the public this week. And um, yeah, the monthly with Toby and Christian. So plenty of stuff's happening. Ali, what's happening in your life between now and um, we might talk to you again in a month or so. I reckon we've got seven weeks to fill with Moose away. <laughs>
2: Whenever you can't get anyone, else, I'll be back. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, nothing, just training. I think I got 3x5K on Wednesday, 40K progression run Sunday, so that'll be hard. Mm. Um, yeah, nothing,
0: just training. I was going to do 3x5K Wednesday. Now if I do it, Moose is going to think I'm copying you. Yeah, Put do it, I thought, yeah. Doing a K I'm float doing. or two minutes? Do it
2: and, see, do it and see, try and run faster than what he runs. Nah, it's hard uh, we are doing hot. K... K-float.
0: Yeah.
2: I think about 25 seconds slower.
0: I'll oh, say. you tell me what you do, you're doing, didn't you? You say what you're doing? Just heading
1: to the coast. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing doing, doing three-minute three minute hills tomorrow. Are you? Oh, <laughs> yuck. Three-minute hills. Yeah, so we're doing up That'd be great, my heart. <laughs> no, I'll keep it pretty controlled. So um, a lot of people are just getting ready for Canberra Marathon. So this is sort of that pre-marathon block where – sort of just throw a few more hills, a few more sort of strength sessions in. So we're lucky that like Mount Stromlo's probably like a, I don't know, two and a half K up the road. And so you can do sort of three minutes up, jog back down for like 90 seconds, turn around and go up for three minutes. And so you just slowly work your way to the top. We do like five. Well, the guys that are doing the marathon will do like five to six of those three-minute reps. Good. All right,
0: let's wrap the show up. Thanks, Ali, for giving us up, uh, yeah, two hours of your time. We really appreciate that on a Monday night. Good luck for the next couple of weeks in the prep. And, yeah, hopefully we'll talk no to worries.
1: you again soon. Thanks to you, folks. Nice. No Chat next week. See you, guys. See, See Ali. You guys.
2: i